Hi, it's Patrick here. No more election pods. Sighs of relief all round. No more talk of battleground states or, I don't know, decision desks or, or binders full of anything. Just a lot of talk of that fiscal cliff. I wonder how they translate fiscal cliff in some other languages. We'll leave that for another day. The pod today is steering well clear of politics. We're headed to the Middle East. Oh, right. I guess we aren't steering well clear of politics. In fact, what follows is an intensely political story. It's based in the Holy Land, uh, so it has biblical overtones, it has ethnic overtones, as well as an underlying linguistic theme. And, and here's a question. What do you know about the Maronites of the Galilee? I'm guessing that you either know a lot or, like me, absolutely nothing. This is a summer camp in the Israeli Arab village of Jish in the Galilee. It's a camp aimed at keeping alive the culture and language of Israel's Maronites. Israel's Maronites? Yeah, that's what I thought too. I'd heard of Maronites elsewhere, in Lebanon primarily, Syria, elsewhere. But in Israel? Well, there are actually several thousand Israeli Maronites. The Galilee region is, in fact, quite close to Lebanon. And the two Maronite communities, they have a lot in common. They're both, of course, Christian. They both belong to the same Maronite church. But the difference is, is that the Israeli Maronites don't have recognition from their government. They're they're not classed as a separate group. In fact, they fall under the classification in Israel of, of Arab. It's, that's a bit of a catch-all in Israel, or at least that's what they claim, that they shouldn't be classified as Arabs at all. And from time to time, they petition the Israeli government with the request for special recognition as what's called their a national group. They've been unsuccessful so far. And I mentioned the language a little while back. And that is very much a part of this. In fact, it's the language, more than anything else, that the Maronites of the Galilee say separates them from everyone else in Israel. That language is Aramaic, which in and of itself is something of a misnomer because Aramaic is really a family of languages and dialects. What they speak there is a particular dialect, a particular modern dialect of Aramaic. But it was Aramaic in a much different form that a lot of people spoke in that particular neck of the woods in the Galilee around the time of Jesus. Now, I should say that many Maronites speak Arabic as their native tongue. They've done so for several hundred years. But their ancestors before then, they spoke Aramaic. And now some Maronites in the Galilee town of Jish, which is kind of the cultural center of Israeli Maronites, they are trying to revive it. Well, someone who's been checking in on the latest bid from the Maronites to establish themselves and reestablish the Aramaic language is Ksenia Svetlova. She's an Israeli-based writer with The Forward. That's a Jewish newspaper and website out of New York. Here's Svetlova speaking with the big show's Aaron Schachter about the Maronites' attempt to change their legal status in Israel and about those summer camps. Apart from language lessons, they also have geography and history. When they learn about their heritage, about where Aramaic was spoken, that it was lingua franca of the Middle East, not only of ancient kingdom of Israel, but, uh, you know, everybody spoke it. To be clear, the people in Jish, Israel considers Arabs, right? Yes. They they consider themselves Maronite Christians and not Arabs. They consider themselves Aramaic. Aramaic. 
Yes. So what what does that mean? Explain to us. Basically, that means that uh, their ethnicity is different from the Arabic ethnicity. And they clearly say that uh, as Arameans, they existed uh, in these places long before the Arabs came, long before the Arab conquest in the 7th century. And uh, that there is absolutely no grounds to call them Arabs. They uh, compare their situation with the situation of the Jews that uh, the Jews existed in this land uh, before the Arab conquest. So what's happening in Jish is the people there are not just learning Aramaic. They're teaching about this culture, the Maronite Christian culture, and they want to be a separate um, ethnicity in Israel, don't they? Exactly. Uh, They were turned down by the Ministry of Interior twice. And um, in a few weeks' time, they are appealing to the high court, and they're seeking recognition, basically, as a um, separate ethnicity. And um, that petition to the uh, Ministry of the Interior, is a, it's a bit controversial from what you write. Yes, it is controversial because even in Jish, uh, not everybody supports uh, their cause. Uh, and some feel very strongly about it, and uh, they consider themselves uh, both Arabs and uh, very even the Arab nationalists, I would say, yes. And uh, they believe that it will hurt the Palestinian cause and that it will hurt the Arab unity between Muslims and Christians and it can steer some some kind of problem, you know, in uh, both in, uh, inside Israel and also outside of Israel, maybe in Lebanon, you know, because there are very strong, com- strong ties between the community of Maronites in Israel and in Lebanon across the border. Now, here's a really interesting thing that you write about. Um, there are no more than 200,000 speakers of Aramaic in the world, this uh, Semitic language from back in Jesus's time. Um, But the largest number who exists are in Sweden, of all places. Why is that? Well, uh, there are large Aramaic-speaking communities also in other places, also uh, in the United States and also in Latin America. But apparently in Sweden, due to very lax policy of immigration uh, back in, you know, 50s and 60s, when people were starting to immigrate from the Middle East, and of course the 70s when uh, the civil war in Lebanon. So uh, a lot of families came, and then they brought their relatives. So I interviewed a couple of people that I know from Jerusalem. They are Syriacs, uh, Christian Syriacs, which is a different denomination from the Maronites, but very close to them. So they say that every Syriac and every Maronite have somebody in Sweden, which is amazing, really. Like there are huge clans, huge families. So they have their own Aramaic-speaking television, Aramaic language television, radio station, and a couple of uh, newspapers. So this community in Sweden is basically supporting the community in Israel, and they're sending their textbooks, and uh, they are all connected, of course, to the Aramaic language channel on television and via the Internet. Are they sending uh, teachers as well from Sweden? I didn't see any teachers from Sweden, uh, just the textbooks. The teachers that I saw were local enthusiasts that didn't speak themselves the Aramaic in their homes. But they're now raising their children to have their Aramaic as their first language, their mother tongue. Now, we've said there are about 200,000 Aramaic speakers in the world. But how big is this community there in the Galilee in Jish? And what chance do you think it has now, after being rejected twice, of actually being recognized as a minority in Israel? The community is not large. Uh, the village of Jish, it's uh, only 3,000 people. Yeah, So mm-hmm. the majority are Christian Maronites. The majority support the initiative, of course. There are other Maronites as well in Haifa and in some other villages uh, uh, scattered across the Galilee. The total number of Maronites, including the members of 
former army of South Lebanon that were resettled in Israel, it reaches approximately 10,000 people. I don't know about their chances, of course. This is for the courts to decide. The people that are gathering the materials and uh, they are getting ready, you know, for this very important, obviously very important uh, hearing that will take place, uh, I think, until the end of the year. They are very optimistic. Uh, they say that they have good ties with the uh, different Israeli politicians and from all across of the, you know, the political map. Why do you think the Ministry of Interior turned down this request? There are political reasons behind this decision. You know, Israel have enough problems of its own with the Palestinians, with uh, all of its Arab neighbors. It doesn't want to be in the middle of potential new conflict between Muslims and Christians and between Christians among themselves, those who support this idea, those who are against it. Because the thing is that this um, attempt to get the recognition, it's not only for the Maronites. Every, anybody that would be interested to be recognized as the Aramaic right. uh, might now, uh, even he's a Greek Catholic. Or right. if, if you let one Roman group Catholic. do it, then you have to yes. let everyone do it. Yes. So, yes, maybe they will want it too. And uh, then right. uh, because there is uh, ambiguity and because there is controversy. So maybe it will cause a lot of problems. And uh, this is another conflict that Israel perhaps doesn't want to be involved in. Ksenia Svetlova writes for the Jewish Forward. It's based in New York. She is based in Israel. Ksenia, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, that's it for another pod. See you on Facebook at the World in Words page. Also on Twitter, my handle there is Patricox, P-A-T-R-I-C-O-X. And for blog posts and links to all manner of things, I'll link to Svetlova's original reporting on the Maronites, and I'll embed a video from a summer camp session. For all of that, go to theworld.org slash language. See you next time. <laughs>